Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and our Wonder Woman in Business podcast gives a voice to the woman who has a story that is meaningful, moving, and compelling. Here, we share their stories, or rather, they stay, share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission for others to shine. And today, it is just my honor and privilege to welcome our special guest today to the podcast. I have the privilege of speaking with Janet Harvey. And Janet is sitting this morning in Waby Island. I was just thrilled to hear that she was away somewhere where she is surrounded by beauty. Janet is the Managing Director of Training at Invite Change, where she has the opportunity, as she says, to do her bliss every day, assisting leaders with very important skill sets that they need to bring positive energy to the task of being respectful with change, leading strategic business choices, critical thinking, and plan to be leaders that build on succession and sustainable change. Janet will talk to you a little bit more about herself. As we open up our conversation, I say good morning and welcome, Janet. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's a treat to be here and to continue to contribute to women being inspired by women. It's, uh, I love it. Enjoy. I love it. So you and I have some connection to Susan Freeman, who started this podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how you've come to know Susan or how you're connected, and then we'll launch right into your story. Sounds good. I don't know Susan. And I start there because I really want the audience to realize there are so many people that have your back and that are pulling for you and you just don't know them yet. Wow. Right. I, I think relationships are what make the world go round. And it's really easy when we're working really hard to forget that we're all connected. There's a wonderful Hindu story about Indra's net. And if you think about a, uh, a spider uh, web. And if you see it in the autumn, which we're about to be in, in the northern hemisphere, and the drips of water hang on it, think about that water moving all along the threads of that web. That's us. That's humans. That's the human family. And I had the privilege to support uh, a nonprofit that Susan is also part of called Women in Wine. And it is in support of equity and inclusion and really rising up as women leaders in the world and in particular in the wine industry. And uh, she is good friends with our chief marketing officer at Invite Change, Sarah Graves. And they were chatting this year. We've been a sponsor for a few years and I've spoken there and I've never met Susan. Mm. But they were having a chat and said, Gee, I do this podcast and I think it would be great to interview Janet and here we are, Natalie. <laughs> here we are. I'm so glad and I'm so eager to learn about your personal journey. Um, maybe you can round up by telling me how you ended up on this amazing island, but I'm really interested in the evolution of Janet. 
tell us a little bit about your journey, some background, uh, some experiences, things that have led you today to sit in the amazing seat you sit in at mm. Invite Change. Mm. So I grew up in the middle of the United States uh, in a city called St. Louis. Uh, it's, uh, it struck me as I've aged over the years, I'm now 62. So I have a, I have a long tale of a story. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the key pieces for you. Um, gateway to the West. That is actually what happens. But if you think about, those were all pioneers. Um, they had no idea what was out there and off they went. So I apologize for that ringing phone. That's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I have a port wine uh, stain on my face, a birthmark. And that has uh, absolutely influenced my life along the way. Maybe not in the way the listeners are first thinking about it. Uh, there's a story that goes, the doc came out of the delivery room and said uh, to my father, uh, uh, who had said in great discomfort, oh my God, is there something wrong? Because he had a look on his face. He said, no, no, healthy baby girl and all the fingers, all the toes, all that stuff. But she has uh, uh, hemangioma, right? That's the technical term for it. And uh, my father said at the time, no matter, we will treat her one and the same. And that was true for me. I never knew I was different. I never, I never had any experience from a little, you know, little one until I went to kindergarten. Mm. And that was the beginning, right? All of us learn about how to socialize our relationships very early on. It's amazing how graham crackers and milk and learning your ABCs. I already knew them. I was verbal at six months. I'm, uh, my godmother calls me a fey child. I, I had, I have a lot of gifts that God gave me. I, I didn't know I asked for them, but I make the most of using them in my life and having the birthmark and the challenges of being different every day, every moment I walk into the room, there is nobody that looks like me ever. The upside of that is most people don't forget me. <laughs> they might not remember the name, but they'll remember the energy and they know that I look different. Um, the downside of that is that I am never on the inside. So I've had this uh, rubber band tension all throughout my life, making the choices over and over and over again. Will I collapse into this or will I rise through it? And I've always risen through it. I um, have a great zest for life. Joy is absolutely in my essence. When I think about what I'm on the planet for, it's to awaken, catalyze, and energize love. At the end of the day, my life journey has been about unconditional self-love because from that place, I can be with anyone. Hasn't always been easy. I've had my trials and tribulations from, uh, you know, setting out as an adult and living in the back of my car because I didn't have enough jobs in order to afford an apartment. And I went to school with, seven part-time jobs. Wow. <laughs> right? wow. I'm a baby girl. There wasn't any money for um, college and I blew my first scholarship. So I was a straight A student. I got a scholarship and I hated school. I was in pre-med program and went, Ugh, that's not my path. 
And it's a courageous step. And I think the birthmark helped me build the courage. And that's one example. The same has been true. I, I worked in the garment industry, which is a very male-dominated industry. I was the only woman, and I was young. And I went from that into financial services, again, in a very male-dominated uh, arena, um, working on the trading floor, only woman. Mm. And the thing that I had was really two strikes against me. No, maybe three. I was a woman. I looked different, and it makes adults uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And I was smart. <laughs> and three I big strikes, a, Janet. Three yeah, big three strikes. strikes. <laughs> exactly. I said to a boss one time, I, I think maybe I should just act stupid at work. <laughs> so people will stop feeling uncomfortable around me. Ooh, she just went right after me and said, no, not on your life. And it was such an important time. Uh, women leaders and that I've looked up to, women role models that I've looked up to have helped me realize along the way and to, to embody a certain grace, mm. keep my intelligence, keep my capability, keep my joy and my creativity and my inspiration and be available to receive other people. That it is through relationship that life evolves into what we find enlivening and uh, a place of contribution to everyone's well-being. What they, what they say in the universal uh, doctrine of human rights uh, is wholeheartedness. I, I love that notion. And I think that's what I'm, I think that's what I'm on the planet for. Absolutely. I, I love it. I think we are our best selves when we stay in our skin and are just grounded. And, you know, you talked about don't let go of certain things um, because they are unique to you and they, they really propel you forward more than you even know. Um, yeah. Not until your back is against the wall that you say, okay, Janet, we're gonna go for it, you know, because this is what we know. But along the way, I'm curious, were there things that you really had to let go of? in order to move forward. If maybe you can recall just one of those things and it was a, a teachable moment for you. Um, it it might've been something very dear to you, but yet you had to let it go in order to move forward. Cause we are not good also at letting go of some things. <laughs> I think attachments <laughs> are why we suffer. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. <laughs> and suffering is a choice, all right? So, Letting go of things, so there's some kind of soft abstract things like letting go of identity, letting go of um, pedigree, outcomes, achievements, uh, competition, uh, things that are all important to build a healthy ego, but they are also in the way of living into the full wholeness of who we are. And, and that takes time. It's a, it's a life journey. Uh, we're never a, a finished product. <laughs> there is no destination other than death. Someday you're going to go toes up. It's just a, or we're an animal like the rest of the ecosystem on planet Earth. But I think more practically, uh, at the end of my junior year of high school, my father was transferred to the West Coast. And mm -hmm. I could decide, do I stay in the comfort of my friends and the, the city I knew, the place I'd grown up in, or do I take this adventure and do my senior in California? I took the adventure mm. and I had to let go of 
friends and family and things that were familiar. And as it turns out, I never graduated ever with a class. High school, undergraduate, graduate school, I always finished early. So I have this impermanence streak in me. And, you know, I've had to let go of houses. I've had to let go of comfort. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I recently uh, have been thinking a lot about what's my next chapter, right? Mm. So at my birthday, I'm thinking about what's important for me to let go of so that I can step into what's next for me. That's not a, a, a difficult question for me because I've done it over and over and over again. Um, I moved from, I lived in San Francisco. So I lived in LA. I moved to San Francisco, left the comfort of the family home, struck out on my own. I moved to London for six months and uh, I traveled all over the world. I moved from San Francisco because I got bored. I came back to, I went to Florida of all places, which is how I met my now husband on a blind date. And he was from Seattle, actually Whidbey Island, where we live now. So like pinch me, serendipity brought me here. If I was attached to anything, I'd have never made any of those choices. I never calculated these choices. I followed my heart. I followed my uh, self-trust. And that's the place I'm in now. I'm, I'm in an evolutionary step. I'm not exactly sure what's going to come next, but it'll have something to do with motivating women leaders, speaking, having a voice for social causes and seeing what we can do about elevating dignity in humanity. You know, and it should be so natural, but for a lot of us, it's a very difficult muscle to begin to use. Um, we have a lot of self-doubt, right? Oh, what am I going to sound like? What are they going to think about me? So I, I just love that you used your difference to empower you in a way that has been driving you to follow your own course and not be afraid to let go. And, okay, this is corny, invite change. So, <laughs> so, so Janet, we've talked about some women who've inspired you along the way. Um, one of the questions we like to ask is whether there is a book or an author or, or someone who has inspired you with their writing or their philosophy. Um, can you think about one and share it with our listeners today? Sure. Um, I mean, there's one that just floats right to the top. There, there are many important women leaders for me, but the one I'm thinking about right now is Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, wow. And there's a, a book um, entitled A World Made New. Uh, the author of the book is Marianne Glendon. G-L-E-N-D-O-N. This book was the story of the Human Rights Commission that was established right after World War II. It was one of the most important uh, redemptive acts they made after the war ended. They started with 18 leaders. Eleanor was the only woman. Um, it grew to 50 countries represented who ultimately endorsed uh, the declaration in uh, two years later in 1948. And we have now lived uh, 60, 75 years into this and we are not where we need to be. But if she hadn't courageously uh, kept speaking her mind, bringing her voice forward, being an advocate for all humans have a right to live and to live well, uh, 
we wouldn't be where we are. So while it feels daunting and the, the system is complex and you pull one string and three other strings go in the wrong direction, right? I mean, we can feel daunted by that complexity. And yet when we stay true to the sense of respect and dignity for every human's right to be, um, we change the conversation. And she was a woman that did that. And it's uh, something I'm always aspiring to. Wow, I, I love that. The, the more the power of storytelling and using your voice can't be you know, emphasized enough. How important it is for us to strive to do that more. And that's what I love about this podcast. It's not promoting any one particular business. It really is the woman, the driving force behind. So that said, and you know, I know that you are an advocate for women as you have talked about your involvement and your focus and your passion, but how important or what one piece of advice would you give to other women to support women in business? Because yeah. that tends to have its own, you know, um, taboo kind of things and experiences that rise to the top and are the popular things we hear about. But what is so important for women to know about supporting other women in business? Now, I think there's two or three things here that are important. And I want to build on something you said at the beginning of your response. Stop listening. Stop doing social listening. Stop listening to the do this, do that, 10 steps for success, five things to do. Here's your checklist. Stop. Just pause and spend time with yourself. Uh, whatever way you prefer, it might be when you're working out at the gym to a piece of music that you know connects you interiorly to the center of yourself. Get to know yourself. Who have you become? Have you spent any time harvesting all the capability that you've developed over time? What are you discounting that is effortless for you when you're sitting with your girlfriends or your family or your community and your spiritual life, wherever it might be, where do you feel liberated to say anything? Because it is so essential to your nature. You are unique. No one will ever fill the shoes that you walk in every day. And there is an opportunity to build a beautiful tapestry, but it will only happen if you allow yourself to express. So yeah, okay. It can feel scary and intimidating. Um, maybe you wouldn't come on a podcast like this, but you'd have three friends over. Invite a conversation that matters to you. Find your voice with people you trust. And, and then add one more, someone you don't know. Go someplace that your heart says, oh, I think these are going to be part of my new tribe. Go be with them. Listen, ask a lot of questions, get curious. Let your own, uh, we're, you know, as humans, we have a neurobiology that pays attention to things that are scary, things that are a threat. We're wired that way, but it's not all of who we are. And with intention, being deliberate, and when I use the word intention, what I mean here is, what's the experience I want? 
the emotion, the felt sensation. If I'm deliberate to imagine that before I sit down with someone, I manifest that. That's how we're wired neurobiologically. So imagination is key. And with experience with people that we're comfortable with, we start to build our trust and our confidence. And then step by step, don't be in a hurry and please stay connected to the essential self. Those qualities will always be with you and they are the way to have effortless vitality. I love stay connected to the essential self. We are essential. We are our own first responders. And you know, you're absolutely right. We keep looking outward when we should be really looking inward. And that, you know, there is a quote that says, uh, a comparison is a thief of joy. I've forgotten who said that. It's so true. We spend so much time whining and pining and comparing where we are, who we are with other people and yeah. other things that others have assigned value to. Um, and we would be so much happier if we knew what brought us joy. So, you know, I love your connection to joy and there's just a warmth in the way you speak. And I wish they could see you because you really radiate exactly what you say, which is so comforting and so reassuring and so inspiring. Mm. <laughs> and speaking yeah. about that, then I would ask you just glibly, what, what makes you smile um, when you get up in the morning? And was there a point when you couldn't smile? Was that an alarm for you when you couldn't smile? So that kind of, um, I'm asking two sides of that same question. Mm. Yeah. What makes yeah. you smile in the morning? And was there a time when you couldn't smile? I think it's an important paradox in life that when we see one side of the penny, we only see one side of the penny because we know there's another side of the penny, <laughs> right? Yeah. When we see the sunrise, we appreciate it because we know there'll be a sunset, right? There's a, there's a rhythm and a flow and a cycle. So um, my husband is so annoyed that I am a morning person. <laughs> I wake up smiling and laughing. It's, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's always been so. I've always been a morning person. Call me at 10 o'clock at night. Not so much. <laughs> New Year's Eve, I have to take a nap if I'm going to see the ball drop in, you know, New York City. So um, I know both great hope, hope-filled, joy-filled life, and I know great powerlessness and hopelessness. Um, there have been many times in my life when I've just thought, what's this really all about? And been sobbing on the floor with no one there. And realizing that when I got done sobbing, I was still there. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I know that sounds a bit simple, but um, you know, when I moved to Florida from California, I walked away from, I was 40. And I'd walked away from a, you know, a very successful career and lots of friends and family and an extraordinary life. And I made the choice that I was bored. Well, I sobbed on the floor for two weeks when I got there. I'm like, what did I just do? Mm. <laughs> I knew yeah. nobody. And I really hated Florida. <laughs> it wasn't me. I, there were very few people who were actually native Floridians. They'd come from all other places. 
And I had this experience of just feeling out of time, out of place, out of time, out of rhythm with myself. And uh, I had to look myself in the eye and say, okay, so what stars were you looking at when you made this decision to go all the way across the country? And uh, realized that I put myself there. There was no one else who made those choices. It was just me. I'm sure I had cheerleaders along the way, but at the end of the day, I'm the one who made that process. And to know now that the reason I was there was for serendipity to create the extraordinary relationship I have with my husband, which is now 22, 22 years in process. And, um, you know, five grandchildren, which would have never happened for me. I was already too old to have children. So uh, my life has taken a turn that had I not allowed myself to collapse a little bit and feel it, feel the heartbreak and the um, confusion and the uncertainty, I I can't appreciate and feel gratitude for the places that are uh, really quite blissful for me and, and complete me. So important for us to understand that our growth requires us to sort of collapse and rebuild, which is the essence of, of what you're saying is, you know, we take that collapsible moment as being the thing that defines us and not the launch pad from which we will have our next, as you would put it, journey and, <laughs> you know, experience. So this is good. I, and I, you know, I hope this is really good food and good seed for someone listening who's like, wow, I would really like to let go of some things and make some changes and look at life differently. Wow, this is great. This is really amazing in terms of understanding Janet and your amazing journey. Uh, Maybe they're friends from your past or family members who will be listening and saying, OMG, that's what was happening at the time. (laughs) Who knew (laughs) that you had all of this going on? (laughs) Natalie, you just said something that I think might be a useful tip for people. Um, How do you recover from the collapse, right? When those moments happen, I I know when I quit school, I was very, uh, and told that story a little bit earlier, I was all in myself. I'm like, nah, this isn't for me. I'm going to go do something else. And then a couple of months later went, what did I just do? (laughs) Right. I mean, I've I've had that rhythm in my life multiple times. It must be how I navigate change. And that's Mm. the tip I want to speak to. How do we choose what's next? People say, I don't like change. That's not what people don't like. What they don't like is the uncertainty on the other side of the change, will I still be okay? Well, that's our job. It's our responsibility to use our faculties, all of them, emotions, uh, intuition, sensation, spirituality, cognition, our physical bodies, and allow ourselves to um, allow a vision to come forward, originate a new thought. It Mm. could be just one new thought. Right. Uh, I I have a girlfriend who is um, just diagnosed with diabetes and it's going to require a a really big lifestyle change for her. And when she got over the shock, she said, well, now what? And I said, you know, now what? What's the first thing that will have your body feel great? And 
she was able to identify something she wants to change in her diet. And I said, and what's the one place you can do some research so that it fits with the way you like to cook? She knew exactly what it was. Now I'm asking her questions because I know she knows. Inside of her, she already knows. She just hasn't given herself the space yeah. to settle, right? Settle from the shock, remember who she is and make one choice and then another choice and then another choice. It's not big bang. It's not, oh, revelation, hallelujah. <laughs> Heavens like, open up. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> it's right. really a very simple process. And that's what it means to invite change construct it on your own terms, using your own capacity and your own good advice for yourself. Because, you know, even when we ask others for advice, we never follow it. That's ridiculous. They're not us. They don't walk in our shoes. They don't have our history. They don't actually know what lives in our heart that we're longing and yearning for. We know that. It's up to us. Take we are the change we seek. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Wow. So as we're winding down this great conversation, and I tell you, this has been just an amazing day to start my day. I'm glad our dots connected and we have been able to really come together to share uh, in this great conversation together. What do you want people to know about you as we close out? And if they want to know or reach out to you, how can they do that? So in 2020, it's just hard to believe still for me, <laughs> uh, I manifested a 10-year dream. And we hosted a global leaders conference. We call it um, Be Choose Cause, dedicated to bringing philanthropy, corporate leaders, and coaches, trainers, consultants together in a combined conversation to examine root cause for social progress. This is what I care about. I care about us elevating dignity and restoring equity everywhere in the world. Um, these issues of injustice and systemic racism are not unique to the United States. They are in other places as well. And it will only be resolved if we shift our mindset and the way we're relating with each other. This is, uh, as a result of that conference, the team had me write a book. Mm. <laughs> the book's called Invite Change. Wow. Lessons from 2020, the year of no return. And I start with fear in chapter one, right? The, the fear of missing out, the fear of other people's opinions, the fear of not being important, the comparison piece you were speaking to. Those are real and they are not all of who we are. And so I want people to know about the book. Uh, I've been uh, on a broadcast weekly on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock Pacific. It's broadcast on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And it's 15 minutes. I've been working through every chapter of the book since February. Uh, we're starting on chapter eight this month. So next Wednesday, uh, which is on collaboration. But the book's very inexpensive. You can get it on Audible. It's in ebook format. It's in paper book, or you can get a hardback. You can even send it to me and I'm happy to sign it for you. It's a bit of a, a combination. And when you look at some of the reviews, people will say, inspiration, direction, clarification, tools and resources. Yeah, it's my 30 years of being uh, a professional in the world and um, in particular being a coach. 
supporting leaders to cause greatness for themselves and for the people around them. And I'm pretty sure there's another book coming, <laughs> but this would be a great one to start with. And there's, there's tons of tips and tools. And of course, the recordings of the sessions on, that we broadcast weekly are available on LinkedIn and Facebook. So you can go back to the beginning and work your way through with me. But wow. come join me live. It's lots of fun. I hope that people do take you up on that offer. This is great. What a wonderful way, again, to start the day. Janet, I want to just thank you for being our Wonder Woman in business today, for lending your voice and reminding us of that we are essential to ourselves, that we should really start where we can and use our voice with people that we can trust. Um, getting to know ourselves, getting to spend more time with ourselves so we can manifest what we want to experience. Um, I love it. You definitely are a change maker and a change agent. And you have spent your life building powerfully through your difference, your superpower, I would say. So on behalf of Susan Freeman and Freeman Means Business, thank you so much for lending your voice, for creating that light, that shining, so that others can move forward and embrace their own light and share it with the world. It was a pleasure, Janet. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Natalie. A delight to meet you and be with you this morning.